Hello, everyone. How are you doing? And welcome to another episode of the Dr. Will Show, where I interview educators and entrepreneurs on leveling up. Each episode, I bring in someone who's dope, and we have a conversation on what it means to live your best life. Today, my guest with me is Keiston Tilford. Uh, she is an educator, entrepreneur, doing it real big. Uh, you should see her graphics on Instagram. I mean, she's really doing it. And as you know, we're talking on this show about how educators can monetize their talents, get to the next level, and bring in some extra coin. And what I love about Keiston is she represents what we have been doing and what a lot of educators are doing is having that side hustle while still being in the classroom. But hers is a little different now because while some of us are out there talking about ed tech or we're talking about curriculum or we're talking about, you know, lesson plans or things we're doing in our classroom, Keiston has a different hustle, y'all, which is not related to her day job. So for those who are who will be watching on YouTube, listening on SoundCloud or iTunes, Keiston, will you please introduce yourself? So my name is Keiston Tilford. I'm 25 years old. Um, I am from Louisville, Kentucky. And I, like you said, I'm an educator and I'm an entrepreneur. I'm also a mentor. I'm also a speaker as well. So if you need me to come speak at your events, I do that too. Um, I recently transitioned out of the classroom and into full-time entrepreneurship um, in late June, June 26th to be exact, if I'm not mistaken. I have to double check that. Um, but education is where I started my career and I quickly learned that, you know, I need to make some transitions to be able to put myself in the best predicament as possible going into the future. So now I am doing full-time entrepreneurship. Um, with my business, I do consulting and services. I provide business owners with all the resources they need to basically start their business and be successful from start to finish. Mm. So we all know how underpaid and overworked teachers are. Mm -hmm. And a lot of us to make ends meet, you know, we, we get that job at JCPenney, mm -hmm. Target. What was your why for becoming an entrepreneur? Well, I've always been a creative. Um, even when I like think back to when I was little, I like to draw. And so now I make graphics. I do graphic design and website design, excuse me, with my um, consulting and services. So um, I've always had that creative side. Um, when I was in college, I was doing free products for people, working on websites for people and different things of that nature. And after I graduated and I started working in, in teaching, um, I had an event when I was running for Miss North Carolina. And one of the speakers at my event said, you need to monetize your gifts. You know, God has given us gifts to be able to, you know, use our gifts to help others and help us within our ministry. But we need to make sure that we're out here monetizing those gifts too, to make sure that we're able to provide for ourselves. So basically, that's my why. My why is also to have freedom. As an educator, you know, I was going to work at 6 a.m. some days and not leave at 6 p.m. Me becoming an entrepreneur just freed up some time for me um, to be able to really just focus on my family, to come back home and to be able to spend time with my loved ones um, and not have to be so um, stressed about education. But although I'm not in education, you know, anymore in that sphere of teaching in the classroom, I do have a nonprofit organization that I'm gearing up and where we'll be able to go into schools and mentor young girls. And so I just decided that I'll still use my education degree, still use my master's degree, but use it in a different um, part of education. Mm. So for those of us who 
getting that side hustle or we decide, okay, it's time to go full time into doing this. Mm -hmm. The easy part is the actual work of it, so to speak. So if I'm doing something on ed tech, if I've been doing that as my job, that's the easy part, the, the speaking, the session, the training, yeah. that's easy. But, right. the, but the hard part, what educators have the most trouble with is that business side, that money side. How do you yeah. set up, you know, invoice and your, your billing? How, how do you, your accounting, your booking, yeah. paying taxes, all of those things. Once you decided to become an entrepreneur, what was your process in learning the business side of entrepreneurship? So um, I come from an entrepreneurial family. So everybody in my family is pretty much an entrepreneur. Um, my mom, she was an entrepreneur. She didn't know. She had her, you know, own salon in her basement. You know, my aunt, she does hair. And so we just have different entrepreneurs in my family. Um, so I was able to catch on like that. Okay, I need to make sure that I have my payments in place. I need to make sure that I have my EIN number. I need to make sure that I have my business name. I need to make sure that, you know, if I'm um, going to be a sole proprietor, um, what does that look like in terms of taxes? You know, am I tax filing taxes quarterly? Am I filing taxes yearly? What does that look like? And just make sure that you are handling um, just the, the basics. Like, look at how you pay for stuff when you go to the store. Like, what does that process look like? So, you know, you're going to need an invoice. You know, if you're doing services, you're going to need something where you can send invoices. If you are providing services, I mean, providing products, you need to have a website so people can go on and purchase your products, your physical products. Um, so basically just looking at other entrepreneurs and looking at other businesses and seeing how they handle things to be able to, um, I guess not copy, but to be able to provide you with the inspiration as to what you need to do in your own business. Mm. Now, some people heard you throw out EIN. Mm-hmm. Now, I know what it is. Uh, right. But can, could you explain to them what that is and what the purpose of having one? So basically, that's your tax ID number for your business so that you're able to get um, to be able to register your business so that you're able to get um, products and services at a discounted rate. You know, if you go and you sign up for different um, wholesale um, business need products, you're going to need your EIN number. You're going to need your EIN number to open up a business bank account. You're going to need your EIN number to um, basically apply for business credit and so many other things within your business. Awesome. Thank you. So in working with your clients, what are some of the emotional barriers that are holding people back from becoming successful entrepreneurs? Um, I think one of the, one of the biggest is um, investments. Well, not being willing to invest what they want um, out of entrepreneurship and business. Um, a lot of people think that entrepreneurship is just so easy and you just do this one thing and that's it. But like, if you're so, if it's only you, all things are on you. So that goes to your emails, your, your, the, your accounts, everything is on you starting up. Um, so it's like, people are not willing to invest. If they see people on Instagram, they see this look. They see, oh, I'm a boss babe and all this stuff and all these people buying these flashy cars and all this stuff, but that's not real. Um, and so I think that's one of the barriers. And then also comparison, people are always looking at what other, what other people are doing. Like, no, focus on yourself, focus on your lane, find your own why, find your own business and go from there. Um, I think a lot of people get caught, and I posted this on my social media 
page yesterday comparison is a thief of, thief of joy and when you compare you're comparing yourself to other people it's like you're taking away the joy of actually building a successful business and you're so busy worried about somebody else people who are not even worried about you so i want to throw this out there to you when you have that initial phone call or someone signs up one of your packages to work with you what is your process like in coming up with a brand identity for them so it depends on what package they want to go with um i have a brand i bring packages um so when it comes to coming up with that i want to speak to that person first what is your ideal look you need to find out what your target market is who are you trying to reach when are you trying to reach them what social media um are you going to focus on trying to reach them? Um, we also need to know what products are you selling and what that, what that looks like in that actual field. Are you trying to open a restaurant? What kind of logo do you need to have? Um, what colors, what kind of color scheme do you need to have? Do you need to be bright colors? Do you need to be um, more melatonin colors? So it depends on like what they're doing, why they're doing, and that's why it's important for you to know exactly what you're doing before you even get to starting the actual business um, and to know your why. Because you're not going to be able to tell a designer Hey, I need a logo that looks like this, but if you're talking to the right designer, they're going to be able to help you throughout the process to figure out what the correct look is or the, uh, the correct brand identity will be for your brand. And yours is nice. Thank you. You know, very glossy, very professional. I said, like, woo. I said, like, okay, this, this is, this doesn't look like Canva. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> and this is, okay. So, what would you, you're welcome. What would you say is the one thing that every entrepreneur should be able to do well? What one thing? Um, I'll say communicate. You have to know how to communicate. If you don't know how to communicate, it's like, why are you in business? Because you're in business to, um, to help people. Um, that's what I tell people all the time. Like, you're not, I'm not in business for money. I'm not in business for all these other things that come with entrepreneurship. I'm in business to help people and to solve problems. And so communication is key when I'm doing that. So for you, I see that Instagram is your place of choice in terms mm -hmm. of social. Mm -hmm. Why Instagram? And, and um, okay, go ahead, go ahead. Go ahead, go ahead. You're fine. Well, I was like, why Instagram and what do you, how, how do you use Instagram as a G, as a lead generating content platform? So I choose Instagram because there are more people on Instagram than there are on, the, who are able to see my content than Facebook. I choose Instagram because they have hashtags, which allows my content to be seen by a lot of different people from different places all over the world. Um, and unlike Facebook, you can only have 5,000 friends. Um, unless people follow you or you have like a like page or something like that. But that's why I choose Instagram. Um, people like pictures. People are, people like Instagram. It's the number one social media out right now. Um, and I love it. I love posting pictures. I love the way that I'm able to interact on there. I think Instagram um, a lot is more modernized than, you know, Facebook, Snapchat, Twitter. Like they have the gifts, they have the stories, like, they're basically killing the game right now. They have IGTV. Um, and that's why I like it, because I'm able to reach more people, essentially. Um, another part of your question was what? I'm sorry. How are you using Instagram as a lead generating platform? Okay. 
um, just by co posting content that my my target market wants to see um, is the biggest thing. Posting pictures that are inviting and that have captions that to where people are um, intrigued about what I do and what I have to offer, not only to the Instagram community, but to the world. Um, I've gotten so many of my clients just from all social media, just from Instagram alone. Um, people looking at my hashtags, people looking at my page, see what I do, me following people and interacting with them. Um, and it's all about just networking with different people. Mm. So let's get into branding because there are a lot of educators who they will get on Twitter or, or LinkedIn and, and Facebook. They'll say, I'm not a brand. I'm an educator. And I try to tell them that everyone is a brand. Uh, whether yeah. you like it or not, want to or not. So how would you define branding? And what is your brand DNA? Okay. Um, so I always tell people, branding is not a logo. It's not a website. It's not, all the, it's not all the cute stuff. Branding is who you are, essentially. people When people buy you, they buy a brand. They buy you. Um, so when people work with me, they're basically buying me as a whole, buying Houston Tilbrook Consulting and Services, buying what I have to offer to the world and what I have to offer to the community. Um, and brand identity has a lot to do with who you are as a person and who you are as an individual. Um, and so it's not just those cute colors. Your color scheme is just what make, draws people in. Your logo is what draw, draws people in. Your website is what draws people in. That's the visual aspect of a brand. But then, like, when you look at Nike, you know that Nike um, symbolizes the check mark. Or when you think about Chick-fil-A, you think about um, my pleasure. So it's those simple things that um, make up the brand of a, a, a business or a person that you um, are able to see every day. Mm -hmm. And when it comes to my brand DNA, um, it's just being, my brand DNA is just being authentic. Um, I'm very... Um, transparent on social media, you know, about my own struggles, about things I deal with, um, things that I'm interested in, and what I like to do and what I don't like to do. Um, and I basically just network with people and talk to people. I treat people, I treat social media like I'm at a mixer or I'm at an event or something like that. I'm able to reach more people from social media than going to an actual event. You know what I mean? Um, mm -hmm. And so that's why I use social media the way that I do. Mm. So, of all the things that you could have been doing, again, you know, coming from the background of being an educator, and a lot of us, again, who work in education, whether it's higher ed or K through 12, when we start businesses, they are normally education related or related to what we're actually doing in the classroom, our, our personal work, and you have gone in an opposite direction. What drew you to personal branding? So what drew me to my personal brand? Well, I've been on social media for a really long time. Um, and when I started doing like my own branding and people seeing what I was doing, they were like, basically, hey, can you help me? And I'm like, yeah, I can help you. Um, and I turned it into a business. And that's just what it, what it turned out to be. And I've been building my personal brand for the last couple of years being on social media. This, excuse me, just utilizing my own skills and my own knowledge and just going back to me being a creative person and having that creative just genius um, from birth. Um, 
this allowed me to be able to create this personal brand and help others do the same. Mm. And so you mentioned that you are authentic and you share what you're yourself on social media. What is your rule for how much you share or what other people should share? Because some people, you know, they're very just business-like, you know, here's this graphic, these are my services, or I'm working with my client, or, or this is an artifact of what I've been doing. And some people get all out there with what, they're, with, with what they share, not only in photos, but with, you know, I broke up with my man last night, or, you know, my child was sick, went to the hospital. So they, like, they really share. Uh, what is your rule for how much of yourself that you are, are share online? And what do you recommend for other entrepreneurs in terms of how much they should and should not share? Um, so I'm very, I'm a very private person. Um, I don't share my relationship <laughs> with, with social media. I don't share, you know, my family situation with social media. I feel like social media, you're able to reach so many people. I feel like, um, I shouldn't be sharing like that. I don't share, like, if I'm at a certain location at a certain time, um, I may share it every once in a while, but, like, sharing my every move on social media, I don't, um, because I've heard stories of people just popping up or people being crazy from social media. Um, so I think, like, just, I wouldn't share anything that, that could potentially hurt anybody, um, or hurt myself. Um, and then I don't, like, I don't think everyone should be in your business. Your personal business is your personal business. And I think it should be kept that way. So I share, you know, I may share, like, um, I, like, actually, when my grandmother was fighting cancer, I shared that on social media. Um, I, this typical, like, I post, like, my friends and stuff on my social media, but never nothing too deep um, or too, too personal. Mm. I think, like, keeping those things that are near and dear to your heart, private is important, especially in the generation that um, that we are currently in. Mm -hmm. And earlier you mentioned about people or your clients investing in themselves. How are you investing in yourself and in your business? So um, in this season, I am investing in myself. Um, so like I said, I'm, I'm full-time in entrepreneurship this season. Um, so just making those sacrifices to make sure that I'm putting myself in the best predicament moving forward um, to make sure that my business is successful, going to conferences, going to events, making sure that I'm um, strategizing with people who are similar in a similar arena than I am in, making sure that I'm creating friendships with people who are like-minded, um, getting on YouTube and listening to motivational videos, or just uh, taking classes on my craft. Um, just doing a lot of different things to make sure that my head is in the right right space. Also, prayer is my number one. Um, studying the Word of God, studying the Bible, is are two of the biggest things that you know allow me to keep my head on straight and allow me to remain focused and level headed. Um, but yeah, that's really how I'm just um, developing myself in this season. Mm hmm. You've said this more than once. Season. What does that mean? Like, what is what is the mindset behind season, and how is you are you using that to sort of guide your path? So, like, I think there's different as you go throughout life. There's different seasons in your life. So, last season I was still in the classroom, being an educator. 
in this new season, I'm full-time entrepreneur, I'm full-time entrepreneur, I'm traveling, I'm learning more about business, um, I'm stepping out on faith more, so the, where I was last season and where I am this season are just in two totally different spheres, um, and so I think I made like a complete, like, just different shift, going from being in the classroom to now just being in full-time entrepreneurship. So before we go, what is your advice for those entrepreneurs so they don't get caught slipping on the business side of things? And how can entrepreneurs actually work with you? Okay. Um, so a tip to where you don't get caught slipping on the business side is remain consistent. If you start something, remain consistent with it and just keep going. Um, I see a lot of people who are in business who have gone into business at the same time I was in the business who are starting businesses every day, who are starting these um, movements every day. But you look down the line a month later and you're like, well, what are you doing? What happened? Um, so remain consistent. Be yourself. Um, people are, people are going to like you for you. And if they don't, oh well. Um, and also just make sure that you have your, your stuff in place. You know, like you're always looking professional. You know, hire designers to do what you want need done. Don't try to DIY every single little thing. Um, and make sure that if you want people to buy into, if you want people to invest in what you're providing, make sure that you're you're investing in yourself. I see a lot of people who I'm not no no bad vibes to Canva or anything, no no negative talk to Canva or anything. But a lot of people try to DIY everything on Canva and they put it out there and they're like, why people are not coming to my event or why people aren't doing this or they're not doing that. Most of the time it's because your file, your book, or whatever you're promoting it doesn't have a certain look to it. And so I think it's important that you hire designers and, you know, web de web designers and people who actually know what they're doing, who know what branding looks like, who knows what actually attracts the human eye, who have studied this over time to be able to um, create these um, visuals for your brand and for your business. You can contact me. You can contact me by going to keistontilford.com, K-H-E-I-S-T-O-N-T-I-L-F-O-R-D dot com you can follow me on instagram at keiston t you can follow my business page on instagram at keiston tilford and then i'm also on facebook i have a youtube channel as well um and that's how you can contact me and you can also email me at contact us at keiston tilford.com and then my personal email is my first name last name at gmail.com awesome awesome thank you keiston and people there will be links to this post to take you uh, to those sites and areas that she just mentioned. I want to thank you, Keeson, again for coming on the show. No problem. All right, people. You know how I do this. The video cast will be going on YouTube. I need you to subscribe, follow, leave your comments. iTunes, SoundCloud, that's where the podcast is going. I need you to follow, subscribe, leave your comments. Now do it because your boy's trying to get Oprah on the show. And I want her to know that I'm doing big things around here. As always, people, invest in you. EDU. Peace.